There's a term I hear used a lot by startup employees that I do not hear anywhere else. It's hacky solutions. A hacky solution is a quick fix. It's getting the job done with a fraction of the effort and resources. It's a thing put together quickly without a lot of sophistication, but something that's more or less effective. It's not built to last, but it's built to do a key part of the work for the moment. Most significantly, it is getting the job done without too many processes in place. It's hustle. People in startups are constantly pitching, building, advocating for hacky solutions. It's what the job demands. You put together something quickly, even if it's inelegant or basic, because that's what working in a scrappy startup with few resources means. The hackier you get, the better you are. Now, many senior startup employees, especially director level and above, will have done time in a larger organization before entering startups. But many of the youngest startup talent who began their careers in startups have only ever worked here. They tend to have a lot of exposure to hacky solutions, but not much else. The lack of processes means they can't learn on the job sustainably which in turn means that many startup employees, especially the youngest ones, the ones who started their careers directly in startups, don't have deep skills. And in this economic moment, when startups are net firing employees, this can mean diminishing career prospects. This is Cost to Company, the Ken's weekly podcast about work and workplaces. I'm your host, Sneha. And this week, we're going to talk about youngest startup talent. The skills startups have given them, the skills they don't. Who is responsible for this? Where this can land them in their careers? And if you are such a startup employee, what you can do about it. The story must begin, of course, with the kinds of talent that startups need. To kick us off, we have Anuj Rathi, Senior VP, Revenue and Growth at Swiggy. Anuj is among the oldest product managers in the country who built earliest products at Flipkart in 2010. You are, when you're a small company, when you have so many things to figure out, you need more journalists. You need people who are, who are confident of learning. So they, they look for people with high learnability, curiosity, grit and passion and perseverance and all of that, right? And and you ideally want to be building or taking the talent and helping them uh, go to a, a whole plethora of different places and finally create products that can work. So instead of going very deep into a particular skill or a bunch of skills, the startup talent actually happens to go and apply the Pareto of that, hey, let me learn 20% of the skill, which gives me 80% of the results in a whole bunch of skills. And that's the right thing for a startup to do. The Pareto principle is the idea that only 20% of input is sufficient to get 80% of results. 
Anuj uses the Pareto principle to say that knowing 20% of a skill, whatever the skill may be, gets 80% of the job done. And startup employees are incentivized to learn many things at the 20% depth because that's enough to get 80% of the results they need. An umbrella of skills and a single person to do many things more or less effectively. He describes this as less skill and more attitude. No, not only conviction, but the skills that I was talking about, like, uh, or the traits that I was talking about, in fact, which was curiosity, learnability, grit, perseverance, never say die attitude, etc. And that's as important as skill sets themselves. Uh, if you want to be, if you have, want to have a successful career in product management. We next have Sunmeet Singh, who began his career at Urban Company, where he worked from 2016 till 2020. Very high growth years for the business. Then he moved to an IIM. Now Sunmeet has exited startups, and now he works for a very large consultancy. So you you came in a business role with engineering skills. Who taught you? How did you learn business functions with only engineering expertise or okay. skills? Okay, my friends were going into companies where a proper training program, mentorship program was in place. You have to go for a certain months to understand what you could, the kind you have to work you have to do. And I was on the floor where on the day one I was asked to do just do work. Uh, even though you fail, we are okay, but start and got onto the action. Uh, that was the kind of attitude and spirit I was actually. Put into and no no specific mentorship as such given, but only the communication provided was that we are with you. Uh, we are okay to see you fail, but if you fail, share the learnings with us. What what are the learnings you are getting, and we will probably refine it for you, and then you build on to that. So eventually, it will compound. Uh, the learnings will actually compound, and so it is just about the confidence and uh, no proper mentorship. Just being there that okay, we are backing you. We are okay to see you fail, uh, and just go and experiment. So while Sunmeet's other engineering friends were handheld in learning and growing in bigger businesses, Sunmeet, an engineer in a business function, was told, "Just go do it. We can't offer you much support or resources, but we will give you the freedom to fail." Go learn how to swim. I have the confidence to get things done uh, on my own with the team, with the stakeholders I'm working in. First, second, it also gives me an idea that I can build from scratch. You give me an instance, you give me a product, you give me an idea that okay, you have to work around this particular stuff, and I know there is inherent confidence in me now that okay, I can uh, get that particular shit done. Uh, even if you do not have the right kind of resources to pull that off, Sanmeet is also, it turns out, talking about attitude, a conviction in the self. That's the thing that startup life gave him. Priyanka is at the CEO's office at Infido, and her LinkedIn says that she is all things execution. It's a pointedly wide term. Uh, there is often no structure or no. uh no decision that you have you know like when you hop onto a particular project and then just be able to navigate through you know like what's the problem statement what's what are our hypothesis what are our playing grounds and then you know like who takes the shots when do we take that shot so i think just that thriving in ambiguity is what is a skill second uh, bias for action right like uh, we have a lot of you know scenarios wherein people are proposing ideas you know strategizing the 
the S word, but execution, right? Like the actual doing and doing it faster, doing it better. And then the, uh, the joy of iteration uh, is, is, is a skill uh, that I would say that I comfortably have. Uh, third, I think is just, it's a nuance, but I'd like to call it, you know, just by the virtue of having FaceTime with CXOs, you know how to think and you also know how to firefight with a Zen-like composure. There are thousand things that are burning. Bless you. There are thousand things that are burning, but then you know, uh, okay, there are 10 million things that are burning, but then what can I fix today? Attitude, hitting the ground running, not getting intimidated by the lack of support and structure and processes, having conviction that you can cobble together something that works, keeping nerves calm when a million urgent things need your attention, spreading resources thinly enough that a million fires can be put out. These are tremendously useful attributes. But when it comes to skilling employees, startups have serious limitations. This is Anuj from Swiggy. You are so focused on delivering a goal. You are so focused on shipping a product. You are so focused on hitting that number. So you will learn. You will definitely learn. But, but they will sometimes take the shortcut of... Uh, they are always a hustle for time. They will take the shortcut of shipping and actually attacking the problem directly versus going back and thinking first principles or th- or learning from theory or learning from other product people, etc. So, and it's an easy way out also because it's just joy of running fast uh, sometimes will, will prevent you from taking a step back. So where does this learning 20% of many skills leave so many startup employees? And how does it compare to people who start their career in bigger companies, who've done their time in larger corporations, businesses that have mentors and learning infrastructure. That's next on Cost to Company. I don't think I need to elaborate on just how much trouble Baiju's the edtech giant is in right now. The largest audit company in the world, Deloitte, resigned as its official auditor and so did three of its keyboard members. And that is not even the beginning of its troubles. Now, it's been dealt with another knockout punch. Starting in April, all the major NBFCs that had tied up with the attack giant suspended their loans. Loans that were helping Baiju's make its sales. It was like having their air supply cut off. Let me explain. Not everyone can afford to buy Baiju's courses. So, it would tie up with these NBFCs or non-banking financial companies that would finance loans for users who would pay them back as EMIs. Baiju's sales have anyway seen a slowdown. So, this is really bad for the edtech. But it is not giving up yet. It is doing something that is quite risky to be honest. To find out about it and catch up on all that is going on with the ailing edtech, Tune in to the latest episode of my podcast, Daybreak. You'll find it on Spotify, Apple and all other podcast platforms. I am Snegda, the host, and thank you for listening to The Ken. Now, back to Sneha. Unless you are excellent at some of these skills, then you are very likely not to uh, make create a differentiated product. And, and that's where I think a lot more upskilling, up-leveling is required. And and that excellence, I don't think startups are known for because clearly they are, they are looking for a 
for a faster product market fit they are looking for a faster growth they are looking for or either profitability or survival uh, so and hence i go back to the point that a lot of attitude will be taught basic skilling will be taught which is required but excellence may not be and that may become a nemesis after a few years where you are jack of all trades but you are master of none for anuj this is very personal anuj was a product manager in flipkart in 2010 back when there were few product managers to guide him and even fewer systems of learning he found this very limiting especially when he compared the learning opportunities he had to those in say google and amazon in the us like uh, when i had joined flipkart that was back in 2010 right and there were two product managers there were in, in flipkart during that time when i was leading the front end somebody was leading the back end now e-commerce product management requires you ideally so there is say marketing mark martech is one part of product management then for example home page design discovery search is a deep area of 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 understanding and and so on there's research papers hundreds of them even at that time that were written then there is say checkout and payments now there is fintech and and all of those things that you need to learn then you can go, go and talk about say fulfillment customer experience procurement logistics and all of those things and growth right so for me while i was able to do a good job because i had learned enough of those skills and tie them together so that my product flipkart was successful and was able to grow but was i the best product manager at search no was i the best product manager as user generated content reviews and so on no doing so much meant he wasn't able to go deep be excellent at a specific thing like search or product strategy or product marketing anuj was on a quest for excellence and the need to constantly hustle was frustrating that effort this is something he believes remains true even today and handicaps many startup employees when many of them go to interview at larger businesses they don't make the cut because they know how to go from 0 to 1 but not from 1 to 1000 or a million if you want to join a larger company and if you have seen you have usually you won't have seen scale you won't have seen edge cases for example if you are a product manager on android even if you're on a small feature your small change will have impact on say a billion people and now you have to think about all of those audiences and cohorts in india people who know this language in nigeria people who are sub x rupees or x dollars of income and so on so each of the small changes that you do just how much impact can it have in 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 millions of people around you may just not be able you may just not be equipped for that it will it will need you to take a complete step back and it will be all alien for a long time because you would be in the process of hey these are edge cases as a business grows it will slowly transition from hiring more generalists to hiring people with deep and specific skills which means opportunities can plateau for an employee who doesn't have deep skills even within his or her current organization because if you are just attitude and just basic skills then you are going to fall behind usually going to end up very frustrated usually going to switch jobs and then do the same thing over and over there will you may reach a little bit of career progression but you will plateau next you'll hear from tapasya who is 28 has worked at startups all her life and very recently began working at a startup that is led by someone who's worked in large scale retail and she realized that people who work in old legacy companies the thing we pejoratively call lala businesses those employees have seriously deep skills 
they know their markets in ways that startup employees just don't so one of the things that they noticed is a good amount of shirts that is bought in the menswear category are actually plain white shirts right because men go to work wear white shirts right and one of the biggest problems in star, uh, in fashion is like good 40% of your uh, uh you know uh, raw materials go to waste because they're just not used correctly so uh, something as simple this entire brand is conceptualized on the fact that acha okay we have seen the sales data for last 15 20 years and we've seen consistently nothing has changed we men buy white shirts more often than not right and uh, so there's this brand that only sells white shirts okay at think nine uh which which essentially reduces your cost of uh, cost of production right your cogs become significantly less and uh, your uh, wastage in terms of raw materials becomes significantly less right now that is something like uh, people like me or or a lot of folks right who who've been into just startups for last 4 5 years right would never even think of Pratisha doesn't think an insight this elegant and deep could have come from a startup employee. They're too busy hustling to spend time on the ground. She's noticed that those from legacy businesses know things like how to arrange products on shelves, how to take advantage of natural light and displays, which cities spend more on luxury retail. Things she doesn't know. Ten years at HUL, uh, you get trained in the right direction, right? There's, there's, uh, and especially if you see likes of these FMCG company, they usually hire brand managers very early, right? Uh, right after college, uh, so that they can start training you into their system, and uh, you can do, you can spend a lot of time on on uh, basic things that you cannot spend time once you're in a startup right so for example if you see the uh, the journey uh, that is of uh, any brand manager at these fmcgs right uh, first uh, you'll see that they are area sales managers a larger company will allow you to grow slowly and give mentorship and have training programs there is years of institutional building that goes into employees who are then promoted from within the organization rather than hired off the shelf google is like this amazon is like this infosys and bcg and hul is like this those businesses give their employees deep insights that come from years on the ground they give deep skilling that comes with time and time is the resource that startups do not give sanmeet who went from urban company before his mba to now a large consultancy after his mba tells us his experience on the other side i have seen that they do not give you the space to do a lot of risk loving thing a lot of uh, failing attitude should not be put in take extra time uh, learn the processes learn go very deep into the understanding of the work you are doing and then do what you want to do so i i, I think i think it comes down to fairly on how they are uh, dealing with risk a mature business teaches you how to move slowly and grow without breaking things the process is designed to help you learn sustainably but where does this lack of deep skilling leave so many startup employees this is anuj drawing a common career trajectory of a young hustler a bona fide startup careerist yeah a tragic um, trajectory is you are one of the earliest employees of a startup 
and the CEO. So let me paint the entire picture. The CEO, the founder, essentially is 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 working towards a particular problem. He already has a product vision. He already has a product strategy in mind, and he's largely has cubic products to build. Now you are there to spec out the product and actually build it with engineering. So you will, you will learn the skills of, for example, of course you will need to pick up unless you will be fired of of actually shipping, of actually working with engineers, working with designers, and so on, so forth, etc., etc. And you are you are shipping something, and you feel confident about that. Next year you are working on some second problem uh, in the same startup. Third year you are working on on those areas you got comfortable and and you are shipping more and more and more products while not developing these skills in each areas that would be valuable to another company. After say three or four years, if your startup say does not do well, or even if it does well, then you would be left with a few things. You will be left with what's there on your resume that I worked on A B C D products, which is a lot of outputs. Ninety percent of the startups will fail, so there will be no outcomes. Your startup may not even be known. Now you may get an interview invite, but you don't know structured problem solving, or you don't know, for example. Uh, proper customer research you may not know the right frameworks of prioritization your product judgment may or may not be as good and you struggle to find good companies that will still take you somehow you will the, the kind of companies that will take you will be say another startup which wants the same skills of fast shipping the basic understandings of what you have done and they would be impressed by the hustle culture and that you have shown and so on and they don't care about and then you are stuck in a rut of of the same kind of companies again and again and again till you start breaking out for which upskilling will be still required knowing 20% of many skills does not make you a very good candidate for a large company which means you're tied to the startup ecosystem and you can move from one startup to the next you can help grow companies from scratch but if you don't cultivate deep skills that's all you'll end up doing This is not a bad thing and it is not a judgment and it could just as easily be said that startups give different kinds of skills than larger companies and one is not necessarily better than the other but it's much easier to move from a larger business to a startup and much harder to move from a startup to a larger business precisely because of this This is a limiting outcome even on good days. But if this is you at a time when the startup ecosystem is laying off many more than it is hiring, then this can land you in an unenviable market competing for a few roles with many people who like you don't have other options. I have my days yeah it's not like uh, I have my days of like what am I known for <laughs> and happens especially when I'm drafting my speaker bios right? <laughs> what is priyanka so that's a that's a bummer i i do have my days but the rest like i i show up on a monday you know say to the excitement of like i can i can do different things i'm not stuck to the same project i'm not stuck to you know the same process that i think outweighs this this is also a suboptimal outcome for the startups themselves maybe the product succeeds maybe they don't but they have not really built up a strong team which is getting better and if they have to choose a larger problem now or if you have to choose a different problem now suddenly everybody is out of depth and now you cannot use or uh, you know help these people work on different problem with confidence that this is a winning team at least on these two three areas that I have good confidence on so these kind of startups over a period of couple of years for, for example they will start 
seeing a lot of churn of those both those PMs also because you have never uh, really invested in them deeply. The work that they have done usually was not uh, one which which led to learning itself. Um, and and because of this, over a period of three, four, five years, uh, you really have no no human resources which can actually take take up larger challenges. Hustle culture can leave employees without the skills that are really valuable on the market. It can make them easily replaceable by anyone with the right attitude. It can make them poor fits for larger businesses. The absence of processes keep sustained learning out of reach. And businesses, if they fail to invest in the skilling of employees, suffer for this. When they need excellence in their employees or the kind of depth that takes time to build, they will find it elusive and they will have to pay a premium to hire it off the market. It's very fixable. I think even in startups you can learn, but you have to be very self-aware that I have to build these skills myself. If this is you, if you're a startup careerist and you haven't done time in a larger business and that limits the opportunities you can access... Anuj Rathi is here to give you direction. You're doing all your projects, all your programs, everything is working. Uh, and you're hustling and all of that is going uh, in depth. But in, in these six months, you will choose one or two domains that you'll go very deep into and one or two skills very deep into. For example, you would, for example, take up, say, design sense and you will take user-generated content and you go deep into that and you come back and you try to apply some of those principles also here. Next six months, you can choose another couple of skills. So you have to be very active about which are the skills that you're picking up and how you're growing at those rather than picking everything together. So once you do this with discipline over the next two, three years, not only you would have like done whatever was required from the startup point of view, you have upskilled yourself in a few things. You are you are doing a better job at uh, at the startup for from because you're applying those skills now. Your employability has increased because now you know how to and even other companies, you are more desirable to them when you're speaking with them. You can speak with more confidence, flair, as well as depth around those, and you will get more opportunities. And and when you say study, you you mean like read? Uh, no, I don't mean read. What do you mean? Only. Okay. <laughs> so, learning happens in a, in a lot of uh, areas, and ultimately, it will boil down to how curious a person you are. Uh, are you a lifelong learner? So those traits are are permanent. And if you are that kind of person, if you have structured it well, then you will learn from, say, the best practitioners. You will actually pick up the call and you will ask somebody else that, hey, how did you do this in X company? And what were the considerations that you had? You will read uh, from a a bunch of blog posts. You will watch videos on YouTube on how the masters have done it. Uh, You will talk even from people within your company itself. You will talk with your boss that, hey, give me the, the right feedback on these skills. Where am I lacking? And what is a way in which I can grow to the next promotion? And what should I be learning? So there are a whole bunch of places where learning can happen. You take ownership of your own upskilling. Step away from the hustle. Draw a niche area that you want to learn a lot about. It's also time that startups began to think of themselves as institutions that beget deep skilling. This means that startups have to think about how they're going to enable early stage hustlers to learn. So you, you have to be very careful that as you are scaling, you are very clear about the kind of org that you're building and what is a mix of generalists that you want and what is a number of specialists that you want to get in. So it starts with hiring and you have to be very clear that in the next six months, the people that I'm going to hire, for example, in a domain of payment or in a domain of search last year, 
these are the people who are working i have to make sure that they are now very very in depth they are exposed to the knowledge of of these fields very clearly expose the hustlers to those with deep skills within the organization another equally crucial piece is to incentivize learning so when you are creating your appraisal process you also have to be sure that i'm rewarding them on improving their competencies are you a better pro- better product manager than i found you are do you know more skills than you knew before in the long run startups will only be able to attract and retain hungry ambitious young talent if the talent finds that their opportunities are improved rather than diminished in the long run startups will need to give their youngest employees the resources and incentives it takes to develop deep skills that will build their long term value to the market they must give employees time to break out of hustling and go deep as of now though it appears that most startups on this count are flagging this episode of costa company was written hosted and produced by sneha vakaria with audio engineering by rajiv cn recruiters do ref checks on employees all the time we've discussed even the rise of discrete ref checks here on costa company but have you ever wondered what happens when employees play the reverse uno card and reverse ref check the employer well you don't have to because it's already a reality that's what's coming up next week on costa company i'm your other host aksha thank you for listening rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts it really really makes a difference to us